gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just dives in. Five, welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Co. and live from the Sinorama Studios. JB, JC, and Phil here until one o'clock this afternoon. Sinorama, of course, the preferred sign partner of the South Carolina Gamecocks. You'll see their work all over Williams Price Stadium this weekend, which has just been announced. It is a complete sellout, weather permitting, of course, uh, as the Furman Paladins come to town on Saturday evening. The Barn Dominium Co. is builds our program here, and they're one of the U.S.'s best builders. They are located in the Carolinas, Georgia, and in Tennessee, and you can build your dream home, and it really is a dream. If you haven't seen some of their layouts, are unbelievable, for as low as $160 per square foot. And, of course, we are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is one of the finest brands out there. If you were at our tailgate this past weekend, you figured out real quick how good it was. Not an endorsement bigger than one of Perry's friends, by the way, Connor Shaw, who had plenty of it and said it was absolutely fantastic. So we appreciate Connor for stopping by. We always appreciate our quarterback. I won't cry, though, Perry Orth, for dropping by to lead off our Thursday programs. And we'll get right into it, Perry, inside the playbook. Um, yeah, it was a tough night, you know, hey, watching South Carolina. Yeah. Let's start by saying, let's start with positive. Okay. We're not talking hype. We're talking real football now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're finally we're finally talking real football. Not not quite the type of football that we all hoped, but I think I will bring um, some perspective to everybody listening on well, yeah, on on what what happened. Uh, without obviously knowing the plays, what happened, where are we going, where are we at, and, and kind of the outlook the rest of the season. I, I, I think I have an interesting perspective that might differ from a lot of people, but uh, we'll dive into it as we go. Well, no, look, you know, here, the floor is yours. I mean, Pat was with us yesterday, and, and we did some – we had some film up and kind of let him uh, – good and bad, good and bad. 
um, you know, want to be fair. There was a couple of good, there was certainly some good stuff that happened. And then yeah. obviously, clearly there's some bad stuff that happened. And Perry, as you well know, when the bad stuff happens, that takes over the conversation. But I'm not going to shut up because, you know, there's a there's a reason why you're on this show. You know, a lot more than all of us combined. So wh- where do you where do you want to start with this conversation here as Carolina tries to get win number one this week? Yeah, um, we'll do that. Um, but let's start with uh, let's start with the quarterback position first. OK, um, perfect. 30 of 39, 300, close to 400 yards. Um, The kid can play football. Yeah. And the kid, the kid can play. Um, He he's, he's talented. He sat in the pocket. He made throws under duress, probably held on to the ball. Maybe a couple times he got sacked a little too long, but every quarterback does that every single game. Um, Xavier Leggett, dude, if he plays like that the rest of the year, when juice Wells gets healthy and, um, we kind of get into our groove. I mean, what he does for our offense, it changes the whole landscape, right? He kind of is showing what we all had thought he could be. Um, and I may have shared this. I had the opportunity actually this summer when I was working out with Josh Van. Uh, Josh had asked me to throw for him as he prepped for fall camp. And uh, uh, Peyton uh, Mangum, if, if, is that how you say his last name? Receiver, he actually had Mangum. a catch for the night. Yep, Mangum. Mangum and yep. With Mangum. yep. And uh, and Xavier Leggett, they ran routes for me as as well with Josh, and uh, mm-hmm. had a really cool opportunity to get to know those guys. And I looked at Xavier, and I was like, "Dude, there is no way you should not be just taking over college football. The way that you look, you run, you catch, you, everything." So, super encouraged by that. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, run, um, secondary, you know, secondary got beat a couple times. Obviously, losing Nick first basically the first play of the game um, kills, kills you. He's the leader on defense. He's the guy, you know, one of the top safeties in all of college football. Um, mm-hmm. The other kid came in, stepped up, uh, remind me of his name. I believe it start ends with a V, right? Yeah. You're talking about Jalon Kilgore. Jalon Kilgore. I don't know why I said V. I'm, must yeah. I got to stop drinking. Uh, but he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he, uh, bring a bottle he as well. Weekend. He got beat once. He got beat once, all right, over over his head. He probably should have been back there, but that's okay. It's going to happen. Um, it, again, our our defense is going to be opportunistic, but at the end of the day, we need to find a resolution on both fronts. Um, I think I don't know much about the defensive line, honestly. I can tell you techniques, like as far as alignment. Um, I can't tell you anything about form or how to play better or necessarily even how to get off of a block. What I can tell you from the offensive line side is, did they play great? Probably not. Now, we got late in the game when they 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 tacked on about three sacks where we were an obvious passing down. We were behind. They were able to pin their ears back, and it was third and long, and it's just go, 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 and we got beat. Now, a couple times they had some pressures, I remember, one pressure in particular was third and seven. I think we were down 24 to 14. They showed four to a side to the running back. So for all you football nerds out there, what teams will typically do when they blitz to the running back is if the, if the running back is lined up on the left side, typically the offensive line will either man or base on the backside and slide protect to the front right so the line sliding right if the back's on the left so if i blitz four to the side of the running back 
I'll have an extra hat that they can't account for. So you have a free rusher, get a sack and everybody's happy. Well, Carolina actually slid left into what was showing pressure to the side of the running back, right? They showed four to a side. It looked like somebody made the change in protection. They slid right into it. But the problem was, is North Carolina disguised it beautifully. They ended up bringing four to the play side, opposite the back, opposite the way of the slide. Tackle got caught in no man's land, went outside, then went in. Nobody blocked the end man on the line of scrimmage, which in theory the tackle should have gotten, but they just got us, right? Bad timing, tough play call, um, or just tough matchup with the both plays that were called both offense and defense. So um, that, that, that happens. That happens a lot. That happens a lot in football. Um, but as we all found out, the margin of error when you're playing really good teams, which by the way, hate to admit it, North Carolina is a really good football team. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Tons of players all over the field. Holy cow. So you, you um, like the Tar Heels. You think they're a contender, like, at least in the I league, like, ACC. I like the Tar Heels a lot. I mean, from week one, I, I I did nothing. I did nothing but watch football, hung out, and just chilled. And of all of the ACC teams that I saw, Florida State is ha- heading above everybody. Golly, they might win enough, the whole thing. Um, hmm. When I say whole thing, not ACC, like the whole the national, national championship. Yeah. North Carolina has the ability – and the talent to play them in the ACC title since the ACC is doing the top two teams of the conference play. I think um, they will, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Clemson that. will be in the ACC championship game. No, they will not. They, 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 have, they have a whole laundry list of issues that grossly outweigh our issues. I still stand by my statement. I think we might beat them like a drum at the end of, uh, at the end of November, but we'll, we got to let the season play out. But, um, we, uh, yeah, we, they, they're a good football team. Their, their pass rushers, they were, they were big and strong and fast. Their defense, they, those guys looked the part. That, that was a good football team. Okay. Where do we go from here? We've clearly got to run the football better. You remember my, uh, do you remember the four key indicators that I gave you last week? Yeah, uh, I don't, the think, statistical ones. Uh, I I'll, think we I'll, missed I'll, on all four of those, right? We did. So, the we didn't neither team scored a special teams nor a um well actually no we we actually beat them in the turnover battle but um it was kind of interesting so neither team scored a a non-offensive touchdown we lost in a big way on third down we lost in a huge way in the rushing battle and ultimately that that those two things because we were so grossly outweighed in those two categories we ended up losing the game Time of possession was awful, awfully slanted to um, North Carolina. But, you know, we're going to have to find a way to be creative running the football. You know, I think DeKirion Joyner has the opportunity to to be a good running back, but um, it just nothing, nothing really seemed, seemed to be there the other night. Now, what I'll tell you from a, uh, a coach, a coach's hat, I'm gonna put on my coach hat here. This let, let's go back in time two weeks ago, two Fridays ago. You know, we're playing our first game at Cardinal Newman. You know, right? Mm-hmm. We win. It was a great game, blah, blah, blah. But there were so many things that looking back on the film where I'm like, oh my God, how did we win this game? You know, it's game one. You mm-hmm. get paid. Let's now revert to South Carolina. 
the coaches at South Carolina get paid handsomely and they're good at it to coach and develop and progress teams throughout the course of a season, not, not one week. Um, we, we as fans now put it on the fan hat. We go, Oh my God, we can't block. We gave up nine sacks, hit the panic button. We're going five and seven. Um, we don't need to do that. We need to allow these coaches to coach these kids up, allow them to watch the film, cut it up, get it right. Maybe there's a personnel switch that we need to do. Maybe there's guys that are out of position that we didn't realize until you turn on the, the game tape. I mean, you heard me say this on, on the show the last month. So-and-so looks good in a scrimmage, blah, blah, blah. You never really know until the bullets are live and there's another team in another jersey in front of national television, in front of a huge stadium. You never know who you're going to get or who you've got until you roll the ball out and actually play a game. So let's give this staff, let's give this offensive staff and these offensive coaches the ability to evaluate the tape, allow them to coach their guys up and allow them to progress throughout the course of the season um, and get us ready to play, you know, because we got a big game Saturday night, right? Furman's a good football team. That's an FCS playoff team that we have to be prepared for because if we think we're going to roll out the ball and just go beat them, um, it's not going to happen. We're going to have to play really, really good football to win the game like we should. Let's get all right. One thing I I was really anxious to ask you about um, was uh, Dowell Loggins, and I'm not asking you to grade his performance at at all. That's fair to you in in any way, shape, or form. Um, But did you get an idea of who Dowell Loggins wants to be as the offensive coordinator at South Carolina? I I did. I, I I don't think I have a you know, an exact science down, but he wants to throw the football. Clearly <laughs> he wants yeah. to throw the ball vertically, which I loved. I loved everything about it. Now we just got to protect it a little bit better. Um, I'll tell you somebody now that is calling plays now, clearly not at the division one power five level. When you're not getting running lanes, like we had the other, when you're not having successful running lanes, like we had the other night, when you're struggling protecting the quarterback, it really hurts your play calling ability because you might have game planned third and seven or, you know, third and seven to third and 10. I really like X, Y, and Z plays. Well, if X, Y, and Z plays require a five man protection and you can't protect those are out the window. So now you're like, ah, damn it. You know, what am I supposed to call now? Right. So now you're kind of pulling stuff out of your, out of your rear. Um, Not necessarily, but you're kind of, you know, you're just, you're calling plays that you're comfortable with that might not necessarily be great for the scenario because the plays that were great won't work because you can't block it. It puts you as a play caller in a really difficult bind, right? Especially when the game has gone along, we're losing confidence. The O-line's losing confidence. Spencer's losing confidence in the protection. Um, you want to get the ball out of your hand quickly. And then when we started having to live in the drop back pass world, we were down which made it obvious passing, you know, we were down, you know, we're down what, I guess we would have been down 17 at that time. We got an obvious passing downs, which is really, really hard for offensive line to pass pro three to four seconds, every play with that kind of a rush. Um, when they know you're passing, you know, the ball, we know we're back. Every, everybody knows the ball is going to be thrown in the air. How fast can I pin my ears back? and go and attack the quarterback. It, it, it's really, really challenging. But from a 
play calling perspective, I actually really liked it. Um, the first game, you're going to get a lot of uh, miscues, guys running wrong routes, guys not making all their blocks in the perimeter. So, like I said, you got to give. We've got to give this staff. We've got to give these players time to learn, evaluate, and progress through the season. We have seen the last two seasons how much better we get throughout the course of a season. So we got to let it happen because I can promise you that the next time that, um, um, if we let me rephrase that, if we would have played Georgia, um, if we'd have played North Carolina game one last year, we would have lost. Right. Georgia State, we really beat them because we scored twice on special teams. Right. Well, if we play North Carolina that same game at Williams Bryce last year, I think that we lose. Um, but by the end of the season, you know, we were destroying Tennessee, beating Clemson and damn near beat Notre Dame. So let's give these guys a season to coach and develop the group of players that we have. Perry Orth here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's 1120 on this Thursday, September the seventh, we are teed up by the coolest club in the Carolinas, travelingcountryclub.com. Michael Manus is the proud owner, and he is a proud Gamecock and proud alumni of the USC golf team as well. Travelingcountryclub.com, 45 courses to play in two states. Okay, Perry. So, um, you know, I want I do want to flip you to the defensive side of the football here in just a second, but but sticking with the theme of the offense, you know, you are the, what I would call, I know three, definitely, definitely fourth. You are the fourth overqualified uh, voice I've, I've spoken with this week who is, was really energetic about this offensive system that Dow Loggins uh, has brought to South Carolina Um you know, the, the fans here that we got to give them time thing, that doesn't register with them, and I understand why. There's a team named Georgia on deck, and then down the road you've got Mississippi State, and you got to go to, to Knoxville, and, and there just isn't time. Um, and so you got to hope that it comes together sooner than later. With all of that said, you know, we we, under, we, saw, we all saw with our own eyes the offensive line issues. We heard some things. Might see some young guys in there this weekend, wink, wink, uh, at least getting a shot. The running back group. Um, you know, to carry on extremely well, everybody is pulling for this kid. I, I think he will only continue to get better the more reps he gets as a natural running back. I think that's pretty common sense football talk there. But the guy who just – I was surprised to not see Mario Anderson. I was surprised to not see DJ Braswell at least get it, at least crack at it just, just to get their feet wet. Probably yep. we'll see them this weekend. But Juju McDowell is a natural running back. He's the one who's most prepared, who knows how to run the football at this level. It's just his size that hurts him, Perry. So, you know, after four quarters and the struggles that we saw, your evaluation of both of those guys and and how they may continue to evolve with this offense. Yeah, I think it, it running back is a really interesting position. It's uh, you have to have holes to run through. You have to have room to run and get a, get away. I mean, we we didn't create any we didn't create any real movement to allow those guys to scamper free to get to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. Juju is certainly not the back that you want to be hammering power behind, right? right? Because <laughs> if it does get jammed up, you need somebody to have the, just the beef to push a couple of yards. Right. And I think DK has the ability to do that. Um, you know, 
Juju is certainly a change of pace guy, somebody out of the backfield, some outside zone, any type of, I think he'd be great running counters. Um, just a teeny bit of misdirection. Now he's back in, you know, back across. So, you know, we need a little bit more movement on the offensive line uh, to have him or all of to for any of them to really progress to the level that we all hope. Um, but I think that that comes in time. Um, and we, we've just got to, we got to settle in, decide how we want to run the football. And uh, ultimately, you know, we're going to have to figure out the five up front and how do they mesh in order for us to get the running game going in the direction that we want to. Because, you know, we don't want to run the quarterback a bunch, clearly. You know, Spencer's athletic, but he's not a, you know, a running quarterback. He, you know, he's a drop back guy. He's going to play hopefully a long time in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, we, we got to – we've just got to be a little bit more creative. I think that when you come to a school like a South Carolina – um, just lining up and running base plays against some of the fronts and defenses that you'll see are uh, are a challenge. And so whenever you get the opportunity to scheme things up, which coming from the NFL, I'm sure Dow has just a wealth of knowledge in the run game because um, it's the exact same way at that level. You've got to get creative, um, especially to get movement because everybody's virtually the same at that level. So um, I'll be intrigued. That, that's something that I don't have an answer for, but I'm intrigued to see how that develops. Um, Saturday night, and then, you know, throughout the rest of the year. I love uh, Julie in our chat box here. DK, DK can't make the hole and run through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you no, know, he, that's he's exactly got one right. job. And, you, you know, running backs miss holes. That's going to happen. He certainly missed some the other night. Uh, but that, that, that gets amplified when you can't run, period, like they could. All right, on the flip side, that you know, defensively, um, Perry, I, I'm a little concerned and have been for a while. I, I think that the defensive line, is talented. Uh, you know, everybody in the country is recruited. The large majority of the guys that are playing up there, at least everybody in our section of the country, teams named Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida, and Clemson, they've gone after these guys. And here they are. And for the second consecutive year, I, I, I feel like they're underperforming. Now, we've only seen them for four quarters, and we also saw them against a quarterback who's going to go in the first round. He's pretty good. And they like their offensive line and this, that, and the other. Uh, but um, nonetheless, in college football, it does happen where, uh, you know, good teams get beat by, by other teams and good players get beat up by other players. And, and I just, I, I personally, this is my personal feel on this. I feel like they've underperformed a little bit. I'm not asking you what your personal feel is, but I am asking you what you saw out of that group last week. And if you feel like there's some improvement that's necessary. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from just my untrained eye on the defensive line, uh, the kids are they're good football players. I think that, again, North Carolina is a really good team. I'm excited to see how they play throughout the rest of the year. That'll give us a better feel um, for who we are. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that we struggled getting after um, Drake May, um, which, which which is never a, a good thing to let somebody of that caliber drop back and uh, and make throws but yeah we're gonna have to again we're gonna have to get creative on on ways that we can stop the run because ultimately that those percentages man that the rushing battle is so instrumental to time of possession and ultimately outcome of a game and being able to run the football effectively and stop the run well or vice versa could be extremely beneficial or very detrimental to to your season and to your team um just to highlight, though, the positives, I know we're talking about the D-line here, but we bowed up when we got down 
31-14. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we put the clamps down. You know, Drake May had a phenomenal play, sprinting left, throws it back, which ultimately I think that we were on the verge of getting a stop. And he just had a great play, had a couple really good throws, had a couple really good scrambles. He just – he's a hell of a quarterback, my God. Um, but we're very opportunistic. We're going to get turnovers, but we have to offensively we have to capitalize on the turnovers that we're given. Um, you know, if you would have told me that we score uh, or that we give up 31 points, I would have said, eh, it's about what I thought. You know, I think I, pre- I, I thought I it agree. was going to be 38, 34. Um, and, you know, they hit it on a big play um, that had to do with, you know, an inexperienced guy in the game. You know, could we have predicted that Nicky Minwari was going to tweak his hamstring on the, literally the first offensive snap? No. Um, but, you know, if we if 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 somebody would have said, hey, the Gamecocks are going to give up 31 or maybe they would have held another, um, you know, a touchdown to a field goal and it would have been 27. Would would I have considered that a win? Absolutely. Go back and look at North Carolina's games. I mean, they were lighting it up on everybody. Um, Chip Lindsey coming from UCF is an elite play caller. Um, he has an elite so. quarterback. I I I, 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 I really was unsure. I, I didn't know what to think about him because he, he's kind of bounced around. So watching watching him Saturday night, I know you've watched him before, clearly. Yeah. But yeah, you he, think he's he, an elite guy. Okay. I do. I do. I, I think that, they're, that he's going to stack together some pretty impressive games this season with that group of players. Now, ultimately, play calling, it's a player's game. It's players, not plays. Um, you have dudes like he's got all over the field. You're going to have a good opportunity and a good chance to win any game you play. But if you go back and you look at the scores from, from North Carolina's games last year, the fact that we held them to 31, I, I was I was actually pleased with it. Now, you don't ever want to get in the habit of averaging 31 points a game, right? But with that caliber of an offense, mm-hmm. you know, not, not, not too bad. Not great, but not too bad. For the first overall game, um, I wasn't, I didn't see anything, nothing stood out like a sore thumb. We've just got to sure up run the, you know, the running game. And I, I'm not super qualified, nor would I even know what to look at as, oh, this is why our run game is not, you know, our run it, our rushing defense is not as good as maybe we had hoped because of X, Y, and Z. I don't have a trained eye there. Um, I did notice that compare comparatively um, just the beef of our guys up front was smaller than the guys that North Carolina had on their defensive line. That could just be personnel wise. I, I don't know. Um, but what, what the, our guys look lean, they look fast and athletic, but we didn't have any just big space eater hog mollies just clogging up the middle. Right. We had really good looking athletes, but um, nobody that just looked like, yeah, you're going to have to get a triple team to move that rhino. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> Those guys are coming. I I, I understand that, but yeah. uh, they're not here right now, and and South Carolina is going to have to continue to kind of figure it out, and hopefully they will Saturday night with yeah, the Furman Paladins coming to town. Uh, Perry, the sixth ranked F- FCS team uh, in the country. We'll we'll squeeze in one. It's a it's a nice question uh, in the in the chat box. I'll squeeze in one question for you, and then we'll let you run here from Lee Perry. Does moving the pocket help with the offensive line problems? Yes, it does. Yeah, rolling the pocket, side protection, quick game, they certainly help keep guys from just pinning their ears back and going. 
Um, I've said it on your show last year when we played Texas A&M um, when I was playing ball. We, they had Miles Garrett, another guy who was a freak. Um, GA really put together a good game plan to keep me moving at all costs, right? He never wanted to just have me drop back and just be a sitting duck to go and get blasted. So mm-hmm. um, being creative to keep the pocket moving and not so stagnant um, will help with some of the protection issues. I'm actually really not concerned with the offensive line. I don't know why I'm not. Wow. Um, I think I think you just got to give these guys time to watch the film and grow. Quick example, and then, then I'll bounce, is – you know, our second scrimmage we had was against Broom High School, and mm-hmm. we had a kid who was playing center who's now playing guard. And for some reason, the snaps were off. Offensive line wasn't playing great. We just seemed off. We made a quick personnel switch, moved kid from center to guard, guard to center switch. Offensive line issues seemed to clear themselves up almost instantly. So making teeny tiny um, changes on the offensive line um, I think will help in a big way. Well, Perry, I sure hope you're right. They've got yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> they've got one more practice today to kind of figure it out, and then yep. they'll walk through it tomorrow and play it again on Saturday evening in preparation of the dogs next week between the hedges. They've yep. been there. It's not a place to be. They no. bark at you and pee on your leg and all kinds of stuff. But <laughs> um, Carolina still has an elite opportunity to make some big-time statements here down the road, and they're going to try to start yep. doing that in the next couple of days. Wonderful stuff as always. Uh, just a little while ago, just won't always want to try to pass along the things that people are kind enough to say about our, our guests. But Ken said, um, uh, you need to start a podcast about Gamecock football. He loves listening to you and go Gamecock. So that was very kind. Ken, thank you for saying that. Uh, I will one up you, you and let you know I'm, I've been friends with Perry for a long time and he's an elite person. He's better. He's a better person than he is a football guy. So, we're uh, very, very proud of him. Um, I'll hit you up this weekend when I'm in Columbia. Uh-huh. Hopefully the rain stays away. It's not looking too good, but no, uh, we'll see. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Take care. Hey, see you, our quarterback inside the playbook with Perry Orth. It is time for a timeout. 1133 here on Thursday, September the 7th. We're powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electricbikescharleston.com where you can drink beer and ride 28 miles per hour on a bike. Wear a helmet. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to letmepaintsomething.com to check them out.
Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. See it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back, everybody. Nope. And okay. the Gamecocks of the show. <laughs> I was misused there, Phil. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like tech, text Thursday or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're all back here now. We're all home. That, that, not, that <laughs> knot on your head. We got to get, you, you got to, it screwed you up, man. We got to, we got to, we got to no. get you fixed. That helmet advice um, is uh, sage there, JB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. All right, 1136. Chris Phillips has been patiently waiting from the Spurs Up show uh, to get in here. And uh, sorry about that, Chris. Running a tad behind, but we're glad to have you. And hopefully ahead of win number one this weekend against Furman. What's up, man? JC, JB, Phil, what's going on? And guys, it's all good. I, I, I'm honored to follow the legend that is Perry Orth each and every single week. So I appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, looking forward to hopefully a, uh, a big time bounce back win and you know, not just a win, but something to kind of build some positive momentum, get some good feelings, and and give some hope ahead of the SEC opener in Athens in just a little bit over a week. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, um, it, it was interesting, you know, just talking to Perry. As a matter of fact, because um, you know, I th- these guys look. Not everybody always believes the things that are said publicly by people that are pretty pretty good at what they do but i really did find it interesting uh to to hear perry say hey look man i'm not really as concerned about things like the offensive line i mean specifically said i'm not that concerned about the offensive line um because i am (laughs) it it, it seemed it seemed a little off but you know you know when you talk to people that they they this is what they do i mean they've been doing this forever they watch it every day they see the little things that we have no idea what we're looking at that make guys better make guys worse or whatever it is how does it make you feel I know you've heard other comments like that this week uh, from other guys who are pretty qualified to talk about it who say hey look it was a bad loss and bad things happened but let's not blow this thing out of proportion they're not as far off as we all think they are 
Well, guys, I mean, the only way to go is up for the offensive line. I mean, if you ever wanted, you know, the the ideal situation is to have teaching moments after victories, right? It's always good to be able to look back and say, okay, we won the ball game, but these are things we can improve on, we can correct, we can fix. I'm sure there's a lot of folks in the SEC that sort of opened up their season with quote-unquote cupcake Saturday <clears throat> that have been doing that this past week. But as we all know, the Gamecocks did not – have that luxury. They opened up with a legitimate top 25 team. And I, I don't know how good UNC's defense is actually going to be this year, but that defensive line is is vastly improved from I what agree. it was a season ago. And yeah, you got to give a lot of credit to Gene Chizik and that crew for what they've done, the, the work they did in the portal and throughout the offseason. Either way, though, it, it's still, JB, admittedly, a concern for me because in the sense of not maybe against Furman. I mean, I expect this group to bounce back, but going up against some of the better defensive lines in the SEC, I was worried about it before the season started. And then seeing that performance on the field against UNC, I mean, it's it, you'd be going against human nature not to be concerned about it, if you will. So I don't exactly know where the answers come from, although, like I said, they've had a ton of teaching moments, I'm sure, from the UNC tape and being able to make adjustments and you know, it, it is going to be interesting to see how they adjust, like you mentioned, JB, because, um, you know, it, it's not like you've got a bunch of guys waiting in the wings that are, you know, experienced veterans who have played a lot of high-quality SEC football. A lot of it's true freshmen or a lot of it's guys who are just really green and experienced, and so you kind of have to mix and match with what you have. And they've been put behind the eight ball with the injuries to Jalen Nichols and now Cason Henry and, and, and the guys you already lost for sure. So, you know, if we've learned anything in the Shane Beamer tenure, Mm-hmm. It's that this football team is going to improve from week one to week 13. Like, I don't think the season's over or anything. But what concerns me is just withstanding this early season gauntlet, right, that is, of course, Georgia, even Mississippi State's physicality in the trenches, Tennessee's physicality. I mean, they were flying over the field in week one. Even Florida, who we don't think is very good, but, I mean, it's still another SEC opponent. So, uh, just withstanding that, I mean, they've got to make corrections quickly. And, of course, it starts this week because, guys – if you think the panic is bad now, if you can't get a push and you can't protect Spencer Rattler against the Furman defensive front and the offensive front, if you will, getting penetration there, uh, I think you take it to a whole new level when it comes to concern. I think one of the biggest things heading into Furman is just they love to run the ball. <laughs> I, hold on, hold on. Chris, yeah. don't scare us like that. You said, okay? <laughs> like, one of my earliest memories of going to a South Carolina football game in person, my first ever one, 2003, and the Gamecocks took care of Vandy. Jay Cutler led Vandy, by the way, really good team. But I was there in 06. One of my earliest memories was South Carolina Wofford, and it took a late interception of a pitch when Wofford yeah. goal line. Cody Wells, that's a name for you, linebacker, yeah. intercepted the pitch. It took that late stop to win 27-20. to 20. So, like, uh- I- that, I, mean, I mean, that was a good Spurrier team. I, I was, mean, yeah. Option and everything, but, like, we've seen it before, right? Like, I'm not yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> I remember that well, night well. As a yeah. matter of fact, it was after that game. No, it wasn't. It was after the Clemson game the following week. Uh, the uh, party at uh, Blake and Cody and Andy's house where yeah. police came by and one of those three <laughs> didn't have any pants on. But nonetheless, we, we beat the Tigers that night. That's all that anybody wrote. And, uh, that Wofford game, it's funny you mentioned that, Chris. In the front yard. <laughs> Steve Spurrier, like Wofford that year had a 225-pound nose guard, okay? Yeah. And the yep. Gamecocks could not yeah. block him in that game. And they could not block Wofford that night. And that 06 team, but look, look, honestly, 
I, when John Hunt was the line coach here, and look, I I, I like John Hunt. He he's a good friend of GA Mangus's and a lot of people I know, but uh, he struggled a lot at South Carolina, mm. kind of figuring out who his best five were early. And you notice toward the end of the year, just about every time they'd make personnel changes, whether that's putting a walk on in there, whether that's playing the Canadian lumberjack, Justin Sorensen, or whether that's, uh, you know, whatever they had to do to do it. And that line ended up getting better and gelling by the end of the year. You want to avoid that. I think you don't want to keep doing that over and over again. And, and it's been a few years since South Carolina has, uh, mm-hmm. but I tell you, it's, uh, uh, you know, it could be that they, they don't block Furman. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they're still far, trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and South Carolina, you know, we all agree they have the talent to go out there and win this game 45 to 13, 52 to whatever. I mean, if Spencer Rattler gets any semblance of time and, you know, I, I'm assuming Juice Wells is going to play. I mean, I, I don't exactly know. I'm done trying to guess what the status is of certain players. But you still have Xavier Leggett, Amari, and Brown. Maybe we see more Nick Harbor, what Luke Doty even did at wide receiver. Uh, your tight end position, which I thought was – I don't want to say it was underutilized. It just didn't have the opportunity to get utilized because there wasn't a lot of time to throw the football. But Trey Knox, Joshua Simon, I mean, you have enough weapons, even in the backfield. If you get any semblance of blocking – you know, this is a Furman defense, guys, that ranked, I believe it was like 120th in pass defense at their level of football a season ago. Granted, they were top 20 in stopping the run. But the opportunity for the big play down the field should be there. But, uh, I mean, it's like you mentioned, man, and J.C., we talked about this yesterday. You know, if Furman's sending pressure, and I think that's probably going to be their game plan, right? Roll the dice, send five, send oh, yeah. six, maybe send seven, and make South Carolina prove that they're going to be able to stop you. And if they can, I mean, this thing could – you could look up and – Late in the third quarter, early fourth, it's a seven-point or ten-point game, and that's the position you don't want to be in because at that point, Furman doesn't know they're supposed to lose the game, right? They don't know they're supposed to lose to South Carolina. That's typically how those those big upsets work. So, you know, it, it, it's a game for South Carolina. Certainly, we're looking at a sort of a get-right game, get-back game, build some momentum, but definitely don't sleep on the Paladins, man. This is not your typical run-of-the-mill FCS. I mean, this is a top-ten football team, and – you know, one of the biggest things I feel like in these Cupcake Saturdays, the biggest difference is, does a team like Ball State or does a team like South Dakota or a team, I'm just rattling off some of these, Southeastern Louisiana, some of these opponents from week one, do they really believe they're going to go in there and beat an SEC team? Probably not. I mean, a team like Furman, though, that hung with Clemson for a little bit in that game, outgained them. I mean, Shane Beamer said it himself. They're not going to be phased. I mean, Furman's going to come in expecting to win. So, um, you know, if you're South Carolina, I mean, you've you got to set the tone early, set the tone from the jump. And if you play to your abilities, you shouldn't have a problem. But uh, this is not a walk in the park for sure. No, no, it's it, it's not. It's it's a challenge, as a matter of fact. And it's even more of a challenge, the fact that they have such glaring issues to fix from last weekend. Um, so, you know, and, and for the last few days, they've been hearing nothing but negativity, which they earned that by getting beat last week. I. I, I will say this, you know, and Perry just said it a little while ago. Pat said it yesterday. I mean, I think you'd have to be a blind squirrel if you if you didn't think that this was true. Then, you know, you never probably watched football before. I, I would really, really hate, and I don't think that this will happen, but I would really hate to see the season not be a successful one with your final year of Spencer Rattler. Mm. I, 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 I love his game. Mm. I mean, Chris, you, you watch him play football, and we never had anything like that around here, man. You can roll out any name you want to. 
Mm. You know, you've never had anything like that around here. And and I talked to Connor about that last weekend. Connor's like, dude, he's the best quarterback ever at this school. And you just hope you can get enough to piece it together to allow him to showcase that. Yeah, and JB, I was really encouraged by his performance last week. Obviously, I mean the the, the what he was able to do under duress, it was a masterful performance. But I was most encouraged by the fact he didn't turn the football over. I mean, that was his Achilles heel last year. I know he didn't have any touchdowns, but you know, the yards wasn't really what stood out to me, or even the completion percentage. But again, taking care of the football. And I, I don't really recall many times at all that he put it in harm's way on a night which he had yeah. every reason to put it in harm's way, right? And especially, like, I didn't see him try to play hero ball or force the ball into coverage. You know, anytime he threw it in one-on-one, he gave a guy like Xavier Leggett a great chance to go up and get it and make that a 70-30 ball versus a 50-50 ball. So, like, there was never really an ill-advised. And I'm not saying, obviously, he's not going to do that at some point this season because he is a gunslinger and he's going to go out there and try to give his team the best possible chance to win. And sometimes I think he's going to trust his arm. And, you know, he knows his game, but it's all about guys we talked about all offseason raising that floor and and limiting those mistakes. And, again, there's going to be greater challenges. They're going to face much better secondaries than what UNC posed. But I thought that was a really, really good start. And that's something I'm really looking forward to uh, on Saturday is just seeing Spencer Rattler <clears throat> continue to build off that because guys, even last year, I mean, SC State, Charlotte, granted the SC State game, those weren't his fault. But like we even saw it against the lesser, quote unquote, lesser opponents where, you know, the struggles early on in the season. So I, I think it'd go a long way to see Spencer Rattler continue to build off that UNC game, have a positive performance. And then, you know, you roll into Georgia and again, listen, we're, we're not trying to overlook Furman or look too far ahead, but we all know that's going to be a long shot for South Carolina. But guys, if you want an opportunity to pull the upset, a confident Spencer Rattler is a great place to start. So I agree, guys. It was a really encouraging sign. I, I agree with Periora, too, man. I mean, you hate the thought of potentially, you know, maybe wasting talent is a strong way of putting it, but not feeling like you're living up to or optimizing your your potential with a guy like Spencer Rattler under center. You know, it, it's uh, and it's something we talked about last year, too. So, you know, hopefully that offensive line and the rest of that offense can kind of get it going and, and give us some sort of some sort of balance, if you will. And if you can do that, I think Spencer Rattler's shown he's going to operate at a high level. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. yeah, I think um, – I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with the – I'm not frustrated with the O-line, although hmm. they played poorly. And, uh, you know, folks in the chat box that keep repeating that over and over again, <laughs> we're not blind. We know that. Stop talking about the offensive line over and over. We know that. But if we sat here and repeated it over and over, it would be a very boring show. And uh, there's a game in two days. So I just want to address that first and foremost. The, Second, hey, but J- JC, to your point, the people that talk about South Carolina are just as tired about talking about the offensive line no, as everybody else. No, it's no, like, no. Dude, I remember like 2005 talking with my grandfather about – Son, we just can't get a run push. And I'm like, how is it 18 years later and we're still having this conversation? I, I just, I don't Yeah, care. I mean, I, the, the one thing I can say <laughs> is uh, the, these folks out here that are jumping all over Lonnie Teasley, number, number one, Lonnie Teasley improved that unit with a, with a terrible scheme, a complicated scheme, a scheme that confused the crap out of his players. He powered through it, and that group got better and better and better as the year went on last year after he took over full-time. And he was the coach, their coach, for all but like two games, okay? That's A. B, anybody that wants to get rid of Lana Teasley right now knows, doesn't understand that they just yeah. – you don't understand how championship programs are built. Uh, South Carolina's recruiting on the offensive line better than it ever has in history. In history. 
you know, and they, they've had some good offensive linemen come through here. Never like this, though. Never like this. And they're all tied to Lonnie Teasley. They were tied to Lonnie Teasley while he was an analyst. So mm-hmm. you, you want to get you want to get rid of Teasley after one game because of a terrible performance, and it was historically bad. Mm-hmm. You want to get rid of him right now? Great. Go good. <laughs> go go get uh, Slappy McSlapperson from School B, and you're going to go uh, getting these hardworking three stars with limited athletic ability. You're going to have to coach up, and maybe you hope every four years you have a decent offensive line, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a struggle. You got some war daddies coming in. Some war daddies coming in on O-line, you know, to where it's going to be hard for anybody to screw it up. Uh, now, look, had the O-line been terrible all year last year and they were poorly coached all year last year, I'd be like, yeah, well, maybe maybe you need to hire a co-offensive line coach or something. Let, let one do the recruiting, one do the coaching. But th- that's not the case here. So anybody that says that's just being ridiculous. Uh, running backs really frustrate me right now, though. It should not be on the carry and joiner to carry the load mm-hmm. as a first-time running back. I, I thought he – did some really good things, uh, and it was, it was kind of like the spring game, hit or miss. Uh, there's no reason why Juju McDowell is your only other option, uh, and there's no reason why you can't use him correctly and let him continue to make plays like he has. Mario Anderson Jr. has three or four years of college experience. Granted, it's at Newberry. That's still higher than high school. You should be able to get a guy like that ready to play. Uh, you should also should get DJ Braswell ready to play. There's no reason why those guys are third and fourth on the depth chart right now, and there's no reason – in the world, you know, why this room is in the shape it is right now. You know, it really falls on one person or two. You can you can blame the head coach, too. Uh, and I'm not trying to single any one coach out right now after one game, but it's, frust- it's frustrating to me. You know, you can't – you're not getting a push. Uh, you know, Juju is not an inside runner. Uh, he's good to, to maybe run a draw play here or there. Uh, you know, DeCarion needs more reps and stuff, the reps you can't afford to give. You know, you've got two guys. One was a four-star recruit that runs 10-4 in the 100-meter, and the other one was a, a, you know, average seven yards a carry in Division Two. Don't you think you, get, you should be able to get something out of them? Why Why aren't they playing? Well, they're not good enough. Well, why aren't they good enough? Because they haven't been coached up. You know, and, and running back coach is not developmental a lot, uh, but, you know, look at it. Bobby Bentley, you know, he sure got a lot. He, he got the most out of Mon Denson and A.J. Turner, didn't he? Especially Mon, who was never going to play. Okay. Uh, Jess Kitchen got the most out of Deshaun Fenwick and Kevin Harris, didn't he? Right. Okay. You know, so I, I, I think it's just uh, – I think it's – I think that room, uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, not and it's not just the recruiting and, and all that. It, it's the – I think there's some coaching issues there, and, and they need to fix that quickly. Uh, my question for you, I'm sorry I went off on that rant there. JC, I want to give you a quick round of applause for that rant you just went on. That I'm, was, I'm just, that was poetic. I'm ruining your segment. I mean, no, that, to your, to your, no, to your point, JC, I think you hit the nail on the head when you say that it's not about doubting the Kevrion Joyner. He's a great athlete. It's that he should have never been asked to be in this position in the first place. Just leave it at that. Yeah, and I, and I, I still think he's going to make plays. Yeah. By the time the year's up, but you know, my my question is, you know, you you got him and Juju, but you also got those two guys who were brought here to play, right? They were brought here to play. Mario Anderson, talent wise, when they, they evaluated him, they liked him. The evaluation department loved him. So why isn't he able to go out there and play when it's it's just a matter of coaching him up a little bit? I don't get it. I don't. Maybe they're hurt. Maybe it's an injury. We don't know about. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, that that's my thing there. Um, you know, Chris, uh, defensive line, 
uh, has been a discussion in, in there in the chat box. I, th- I think people – and they are small when you're talking about Boogie and Tonka. Behind them, T.J. Sanders is a big guy. Nick Barrett's a big guy. I thought Nick Barrett played pretty well. Um, Drew Tuiazama, uh appeared in the two deep this week. 275-pound end, a guy they wanted really, really bad. Uh, what do you think about uh, that guy? I mean, I, I think maybe – you know, against a Furman, that's a chance for him to get his feet wet and get out there and get ready for, you know, Georgia, who, by the way, they played, I think, either last year or two years mm-hmm. ago at UAB. Um, you know, thoughts about that addition, maybe maybe helping a little bit with pass rush, setting the edge, that kind of thing. And Chris, by the way, we, we know that you got to run, so. No, it's, it's all oh, good. Yeah. No, you're good. Right. And, I, and, I, and I, again, I apologize. No, JC, that was a legendary rant, my friend. I loved every second of that. Uh, it's funny, watching the game on Saturday, I looked out there, I was like, who is 19? This dude is a monster. And I was like, oh, it's the guy from UAB, Tuazama. So, no, I, I think, uh, you know, speaking to running back, speaking to edge, speaking to – every position on the field. You know, you look at this Furman game. It's a game you expect to be competitive, at least for a little bit. It's a game you don't take your opponent lightly. But it also has to be a game where you look at and say, hopefully this is an opportunity we get to try to some new personnel. And just see what you have. You know, just see what you have, right? Because nothing in practice or scrimmages can simulate, even if it's against Furman, being under the lights at williams Bryce and playing in an actual game. So, you know, I think Tuazama's a guy, guys, they got to find a way to just get more disruption up front. I mean, that's the bottom line. And you look at Furman – Dominic Roberto is a name that I think Gamecock fans will get familiar with Saturday night. A fantastic running back for the Paladins. Ran for over 1,000 yards last year, double-digit touchdowns. He's a preseason all-conference guy. Their quarterback, Tyler Huff, he ran for – kind of similar to Drake May. Ran for almost 800 yards last year. I think just shy of double-digit touchdowns. So, Furman can run the football. So, they've got to find a way to get penetration. And so, I think trying a guy like Tuazama out there I think is a good move. Um, but as you mentioned, JC, yesterday, you, you've got capable bodies up there, capable individuals. It's about this unit and this group playing better. And, and to your point, if, if they don't, finding a combination of guys similar to the offensive line that can go out there and produce the desired result. Because, again, it's a confidence-building weekend for this entire football team, especially the line of scrimmage. If you can't have success in this one, I mean, good luck against Georgia and the rest of the SEC slate because it's only going to get tougher. But I, I'm optimistic that that will improve, and I think a guy like Tuazama could could definitely pop off, and we could see him going into Georgia week being a starter for this football team. Nonetheless, they got to get better up front on both sides. We know that, and uh, hopefully they start to do it on Saturday evening. Chris, it will not, regardless of what people want to say or think or convince themselves of, as you already pointed out, it will not be easy. If it is. That's a really good sign for Gamecock football, and uh, hopefully, 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 it is, and we get to have some fun next week going into Georgia in between the hedges. Uh, you got your show coming up in three minutes, and we look forward to catching up with you next Thursday. Thanks for all of your time. Great insight as always, brother. JC, JB, Phil, appreciate you guys. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. There you go, Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up Show. It is eleven fifty-seven. I need one. We're served by chicken cock whiskey. It is some fine stuff. If you were at the tailgate this past Saturday, you figured out how fine it was because it disappeared real darn quick. And uh, make sure that you're participating in the chicken cock challenge on the Chief Sports app as well. But we need to hit a timeout because Power Hour is due up. Mike Morgan with ESPN. You've heard him before. The Golden Tones. They join us next. JC, JB, and Phil inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. 
Inorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Sinorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Sinorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Sinorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Coach O here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style, and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. 
If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. to ever do it in broadcasting glad that he was and always will be a gamecock welcome back hour two inside the gamecocks the show part of the chief sports network which is proudly presented by dixie vodka guys if you drink any vodka but dixie vodka you've you've already screwed up it is smooth stuff man i've been doing it for years now we're thrilled to be working with those guys and really appreciate what they do I drink mine. I get made fun of. That's fine. I'll wear it. I don't care because it makes me feel better uh, with five-calorie cranberry juice. I don't want to hear it, JC. That's enough already. Um, I had my buddy Darren making fun of us on Friday night because that's what I was drinking. So that's what I'll continue to do with the vodka side of things. But we love Dixon Vodka. Vodka Cran? Vodka Cran? Yeah, five-calorie, though, man. I can't do all the sugar stuff anymore. Like the mixtures with all the sugar, I can't do all that. The only thing I noticed about your vodka cranberries on Friday is as the evening progressed, they kept bringing you larger ones. I know. <laughs> that's what, I, that's what I, I looked at the girl. I said, look, man, I know I've had a couple of these things, but I swore the glass, glass was half this size 
just a little while ago. Yeah, you, know, you graduated. Said, well, we ran out of the small ones. Less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Mike, man. Somebody I drink was, it out uh, of this glass? Uh, yeah. What was yeah, that punctuality was, yeah. you were saying t- Tuesday, Mike? <laughs> What's that now? What was that about punctuality you were saying Tuesday? Mike? Well, now I, I I get confused. Are we not twelve oh five or twelve? Oh, well, he was giving us good TBS. We'll give you the twelve oh five. There, yeah, I mean, I'll go either one. You want me at twelve? Uh, no, no, twelve. I like two and a half. I'll be here. No, nah, give us give us that superstation feel. I'm good with that. That's what he I, uh, said. It's a superstation feel. It's funny. There's probably. Thousands of people that heard that and said, I don't know what Phil's talking about. What does that mean? If you well, that would be good because that would mean we're going younger demographics. That's kind of what we need to be right now. I like to think we we hit all the the demos. You know, we've got we've got the Brian Spencer Palmetto Medicare crowd, a little bit more mature, a little more polished. Uh, and then we've got the young whippersnappers that have no idea that every Braves game growing up as kids on TBS. They all started at seven thirty-five. That's right. Ten thirty-five. Seven oh five. Seven oh five. That was that was the thing. And really, and that was all built in for TV. And that still exists today, by the way. If you look at the start times for many of your major league baseball games, there's a there's a five. Well, why is that? Well, because you need a pregame show that has commercial breaks in it, so some more bills get paid. So there's there's your five. I, I I've learned through the years, Mike, as I know you have, um, trying to explain me, the media landscape to the general public. And I don't mean this. I'm not trying to degrade anybody, like you know, like they're idiots or something like that. I, it took me a while to learn it too. When I got in ten years ago, you can't explain it. People don't understand. They're never going to understand, and it just is what it is. So well, and on top of that, it's funny you mentioned that, Jamie, because it's. It's extremely relevant right now, and, and JC and I touched on it, but we didn't have time to get into it. We had a, a stacked show. Uh, we were we were working on like a two hit shutout before my mic went dead in the final sixty seconds. But anyway, two um, hitter. I think not a no hitter. Not a no hitter. I've always said like I've I've never had the perfect show. I've never had the perfect broadcast. Uh, but you know, two hit shutout. I'll I'll take that every time. Sometimes I'll take, you know, scattering 13 hits and still getting the win, giving, a, giving up three earned runs. It all depends on the day. It all depends on the circumstance. But um, this whole thing with Charter and ESPN, this is more than just a, a microcosm of that. It, it speaks to a bigger thing of what's going on with streaming and where we're headed. And I'll never forget this. Uh one of my first years at ESPN, uh, a gentleman who is no longer with us invited me to lunch, and we sat down and we talked about the industry. And at that time, uh, ESPN had more money than God and was loving life and 100 million subscribers um, via cable and satellite. And he said, and this was, again, this is like 2010, thereabouts. And he said, Mike, there will come a day where the bundle will be a thing of the past. People will get the channels they want a la carte. And the system that you, as you know, it will change forever. And it felt pretty dramatic, you know, as I ate my, my hamburger and munched on fries. And I'm like, what's this guy talking about? Like, everything's great. You know, if everything's, 
what he said a dozen plus years ago is what we're seeing now. And, and so many people have already cut the cord. Um, but the market has to correct itself. All these games that you are watching on TV, they are, they are, they come to your particular channel, whether it's ESPN, Fox, now NBC, CBS with the big 10, they all come with massive rights fees. Who do you think pays those massive rights fees? Eventually, it is you, the consumer. Whether you have cable we do. or whether you're direct yeah. streaming, uh, it's going to be you. And even if you cut the cord and you still want to watch your sports, you're just going to have to pay more for those sports channels than you ever have before. Well, that's exactly right. And guess what? All the people that uh, jumped off of Charter this weekend because they weren't there, or because they didn't have uh, ESPN available, guess what they were still doing? Watching ESPN. <laughs> they were just watching it through a different platform, right? So, well, yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm convinced of this, though. We all should be. The world is cyclical. I mean, for God's sakes, the women, the young women today are wearing clothes that were worn in the 80s. In the early 90s, everything comes back around, as we've figured out over the years. Um, but uh, you know what's going to happen in about 20 years, 25 years? Someone's going to get this big bland grand idea and we're all going to be over the hill i'll probably be dead and and they're going to go well you know yeah i tell you, you know what we should do we should bundle all this together you know and just let people pay one fee and you get it all and then somebody's going to come along and go, you know that's how it used to be about 40 years ago that's what you yeah. had to do it's gonna it's gonna all come back because everybody's gonna start to figure out that they're paying ten dollars for every service under the sun and that means you're paying yeah. three hundred dollars a month in services and someone's gonna say well i think i can make that 250 by putting it all under one umbrella bam that's and right come back. i'm the last guy to be a spokesperson for cable tv um i have comcast now I am not a fan, um, no, but I will won't. tell you if, if I drop it tomorrow and I, and I go to um, YouTube, Hulu, ESPN app, whatever you, you're going to still be spent. You're still buying the content. And what's going to happen is when grandma who doesn't watch sports, but is still paying for it on her cable bundle, as more and more grandmas drop, and tens of millions have done that, the people like us that we don't—we not only want to watch sports, we have to, but even if we didn't have to, we still probably would, we're going to pay more of the freight. And some might say that's fair. Um, look, I look at it as if it goes to true 100% a la carte, I don't need to be spending 75 cents on a month on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, I don't need to be spending... Uh, a, a dollar or whatever it is for certain cable news channels that I don't trust or, or really rely on for news. I don't need to be spending 75 cents on a, a channel that just has program that programming that's clearly not designed for me. So you, you, if you're creative about it, maybe you can get the dollars close to even, but, but that's the thing. I, I like, I think a lot of people thought, well, I'll just, cut the cord and then I'll spend half the price for what I want. Well, if you're a sports fan, it's really, really hard to do that because billions of dollars have already been spent to broadcast the college football, basketball, baseball games that we all love. And 
that cost eventually is going to find you no matter where you get it. I, can I just give a quick shout out to Quantrell? That's Quantrell's my guy here, and I'm with you. And you know what, Quantrell, you and I might be in the minority. It might not be the manly thing to say. But hey, the Hallmark Channel is not bad around the holidays. I, I agree with Quantrell. <laughs> like, I like the feel good Christmas movies. So, right. hey, you're you're my guy, man. You know, and uh, you know, th- th- here coming soon. Matter of fact, next month I think they start airing the Christmas movies. So, hey, you know what? You know, I'm not above a good rom com. I'm not above watching a good yeah. rom com. I like that. Uh, I'm with you, with, uh, especially with... Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She's in a lot of them. Formerly Kelly from Saved by the Bell. That's oh my, my girl. Oh, I'm so quite familiar. You've with lost Tiffany your Amber Thiessen and her work. Any... Uh, but I'm also familiar with like you watch a movie like Serendipity with uh, <laughs> more with of a the British guy, bombshell. Come on now, uh, help me out, guys. Which one? who's the, the the British actress oh, in uh, Serendipity? Oh, oh uh, embarrassing. the brunette. I can't remember her name, though. The brunette. Um, yeah. Shoot. Uh, somebody oh, in the chat God. box. Help God. us, please. Come on now. Yeah. Kate. Kate. What? Kate. Kate. Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. 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 Yeah. Beckinsale. Yeah. Yeah. Pl- yeah. Plenty hot. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what's that? All right, so there's a, the four Christmases, that movie with Vince Vaughn. And uh, hey, I love that movie. That's I do, good. too, because you know who makes that movie is uh, uh, G- Gerard, Gerard, uh, Gerard. Who's the guy that? No, no. Uh, John Favreau. John yeah, Favreau's yeah. character yeah. makes that movie. Uh, when he's eating the chicken wings, I about fall and over every freaking, time. Uh, and, uh, uh, what's his you name? You have fighting God, in the living room? I've got to take from, a grumpy. I <laughs> love Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is in it. Too. Oh, Duvall! How they got Duvall in that movie? Dude, that was. So, uh, you talk about was... y'all talk about movies a lot. Robert Duvall might be the most underappreciated, underrated actor ever, because he was in that movie. He was in Days of Thunder, and he was killer. He made that movie too. Oh, he's a very underrated movie uh, called A Civil Action, which is based mm-hmm. on a true story about contaminated water in Massachusetts. Uh, he he steals that movie, plays a small role. Travolta's technically the star. Yeah, Apocalypse Now. I mean, D- Duvall is outstanding. Should have been nominated uh, at Best Supporting Actor in Godfather 2. He was one of the few that was not nominated. And, uh, I mean, I just watched a whole thing on Godfather 2 for like two hours. I'm a, I'm a sick person. Um, but, yeah, if you're talking about Duvall, he's... Terrific. I love and everything. Hey, Days of Thunder. His role in Days of Thunder. The way that he handled uh, the situation between uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I mean, you know, they had they had a lot of stuff going on there. And he I was trying to keep it. his head straight. You never saw Days of Thunder? No, no. Go oh, ahead. My, I'm I'm here to here to go getting, across the firing run. That, Look, this we, is worse than necessary roughness. I mean, this is. I've only seen it like twice. That was not a real big one for me growing up. Really? Know. Yeah, yeah. What, Anybody yeah, else out th- there? Uh, wait a minute. Are we in not, the middle of a fiver or a dimer right now? I, I think we just worked. Well, we, yeah. This is JC, are you? JC, do you like? I haven't done it for two weeks. Do you like Days of Thunder, JC? I do because that's the first. When that soundtrack came out, the first time I ever heard Guns N' Roses cover of "Knocking on Heaven's Door." You oh. guys know what a big GNR fan I am, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, that was on that's on the soundtrack, and then they released it on the soundtrack, and uh, that's probably the last time I thought Nicole Kidman was attractive. 
Thanks, guys. VJ, Lance, you guys. VJ is like Days of Thunder is a fiver. JC, I think it's safe to say the five and dine segment is still living large. Dude, Uh, Randy Randy Quaid has a serious role in Days of Thunder. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's fantastic. Randy Quaid, I mean, like, Robert Duvall is like the cranky. I mean, he's got this monologue of the piece. I'm going to make this car. Hey, Phil, band Clint. He said it's okay. Get rid of of Clint. Clint, It's not okay. Get get rid of him. Put him in timeout. Clint, no, don't do don't you're do so disappointed. Daddy O, Daddy O's definitely gone. Get rid of him. Bye. Uh, yeah. Jamie, have you not seen Godfather Two? I've seen Godfather Two. Yeah. So you, had, oh, you said nothing on Godfather Two. You just went on to a, a five minute rampage on how great Days of Thunder is. I was already thinking about it. I, I didn't. It didn't even register. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up here. I, my head was in a fog there for a minute thinking about. Uh, Nicole right. Kidman was hot. You've never seen Godfather 2? I've seen Godfather 2. Oh, okay, thank God. Okay, He, he oh, has okay. seen it. He just hadn't commented on it. Hey, and I'll say this. When I did uh, one of my many uh, co-hosts on the Cheap Seats back in Columbia, uh, part of it was with Reed Morton, former Gamecock kicker. Yeah. And... We got under the subject of movies, as as tends to happen in this format from time to time. And he called me out. And then, you know, I'm 20-something years old. I, I The Godfather was before we were all born. Um, and I had never seen it. Godfather 1, Godfather 2, none of them. And he, I mean, he crucified me on the show for like an entire hour. And, of course, people are calling in. They're crucifying me on it. So finally, Reed says, "That's it, Mike. I'm 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 going to your house tonight, and I'm bringing over." He had the Godfather on on VHS. He didn't even have it on DVD, and he made me uh, watch it. And I got to be honest with you, it was very slow. It didn't hit me right away. I had to watch it multiple times to the point where I'm like, "Okay, now I get it." And now, whenever it's on, it's a remote dropper. I don't miss it. I just I will not. But it wasn't something I sought out to watch. Loved Casino, loved Goodfellas, uh, loved The Sopranos, and obviously this was the harbinger of all those, uh, but I just hadn't gotten around to it, and I was justifiably crucified. I'll take my medicine on that. I'm not going to feel guilty about not sitting through Days of Thunder. Can't do that. Well, so if you do, you're going to want to have a nice cold glass of chicken cock if you can uh just just one cube i'll probably know, need it to get down. through the plot no you're gonna love i'm telling you you will love days of thunder <laughs> but 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 you're gonna want to drink a mountain dew in the middle of it if you've uh, never seen it i can't tell you any more than that okay and by the way did jc say nicole kidman no longer good hasn't been good looking hey, since have, days of have y'all seen lioness have you seen lioness on paramount plus Ever saw, since she wiped herself at the beginning of Eyes Wide Shut, I thought she was nasty. Y'all have seen Eyes, Eyes Wide Shut. No, I saw Eyes Wide Shut. One of the I worst saw. movies. Or, not or good. One of them, it took eight years to shoot it, <laughs> and it good. opens up, and she's sitting on the toilet, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a little disgusting. Because, yeah, you think of Nicole Kidman, you don't really think about biology or that kind of well, biology. I don't know. It it freaked me out, made me disgusted, and I was like, "Ah, don't like. I don't like her anymore." They would all see all see lady, and just don't like her. They would all see Nicole. If you saw Nicole Kidman today in person, I think your jaw would drop. Well, I 
Probably. A, I don't. I'm not a blonde a, guy. I'm not. I don't well, like blonde hair color. I, I think I, she's a redhead. Actually, I think she, I think she's a natural. I redhead. believe she is a redhead from down yeah. under. Well, but is she a redhead down under? Up. That's my question. My goodness. Did yeah. I say that? Mm. My goodness. Ah, five. What, what is? What are? What are we rated? Five, five plus. Five, five plus. Another another flag, another flag on Sherbert. One more, one more, and he has to sit out the first half of next. Uh, yeah, He's yeah, constantly yeah. putting coming from his own end zone. I, I said it from my, I said it in my bad Australian accent, so it's probably uh, probably nobody heard me. That's right. Did you hear the part when Yacy talked about the rug? That's something can, else, wasn't it? We can cut it out, Mad Dog. Cut it out. Nah, you can't cut that out. Come on. <laughs> Have little kids all over the state of South Carolina wondering what. Never mind. All right, so it's twelve twenty-three. Here's what we'll do. How about the uh, Gamecocks? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and step aside for a quick break. When we return, though, Mike Scott is Fab Five, and yeah. we have records from last week. JC, it looks like you and I whipped up on these little pups. So uh, we'll have to Has do JC it again. Not bragged week. about a five and zero yet? Has he? No, he hasn't said anything yet. Not yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't said it. Preserving it. I'm being very. Uh, I take no Humble? no. I take no pride in being right last week because I wasn't right about the the game that uh, our listeners, at least for this show, cared about the most. I wasn't right. I felt bad. I well, hurt. I bleed. I bleed like you. I bleed with you. I bleed like Wallace. I better bleed like he does. We don't want to believe. I don't want to lose heart. You just made me think of Tommy Boy. I take no That's prisoners. <laughs> no, That's I know. I take no. We don't I can get a good no look for an answer, Tommy. Tommy want wingy. <laughs> I can get a good look of a butcher's butt with the. I, I can get a good look of the butcher. Dang it! No way. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be his. It's got to be. It's got to be his bull. <laughs> It looks like somebody's favorite team is the Yankees. The the, uh, the official quote is, "I can get a good look at a T bone by sticking my head up a butcher's butcher's. Uh, uh, bull's ass." But I'll take a butcher's word for it. I can get a good look at a bull's ass with it. I don't. I mean, and when he gets the little thing, the car oh, gets so far. It's like new guys over in the corner puking. Oh my god! Oh. Or, or when he's like, he's talking about the bike. He's like, oh, my pretty pet. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Like, did you sit under power lines as a child? <laughs> it's got, did you eat paint chips as a kid? It's got to be. Paint chips as a kid. <laughs> I think the best part of that movie, honestly, where I laughed the hardest is when he's backing up at the gas station and, and the, the door <laughs> yeah. goes backwards and then he fixes it and Richard pulls it off. He goes, what'd you do? What'd you do? <laughs> the deer. <laughs> like, oh, look at <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> Bees! Bees, they're eating me alive! Oh, oh God. I'm allergic Man. to bees. Yeah, me too. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> you're naughty. You're a naughty pet. God, okay. Let's go to break. Yeah, that, let's go to that, break. I, I never expected that to get me and Phil going off the rails like that. Yes. Yeah. The, the two docile toned professionals. <laughs> No, no. This is this is uh this is before uh, we professionalize the outfit kind of stuff. So we I, I, we gotta we gotta get rolling. So anyway. I called Mike this morning about something real and if that person is tuning in, we're it's oh, over. Mike. Yeah, it's over. We're, we're yeah. done. Apologies right. for the first segment of this hour. 
Sorry about uh, sorry to Brian Spencer as well. He's probably you know trying to you know take care of. <laughs> oh, don't worry, he's one of us. He's he's <laughs> he could quote all of these movies too. Trust me, this is probably right right up his alley. You know, Tommy Boy is that's probably like the height of intellectual prowess uh, for, for Brian <laughs> <laughs> He's not a very handsome guy, but he's good at what he does, and he likes no, Tommy. Not handsome, you know. Putting the Adam over the weekend. Not a big reader, that guy, but he loves him some Tommy boy. Yeah, he's not very athletic, doesn't have all this no, stuff no, going for no, him. He just runs a damn good company, and uh, sure and we love like... him for that. Palmetto-Medicare.com. Oh, Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. <laughs> Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
Rattler guy's pretty good. 30 of 39 last week for 353 yards. Hey, by the way, shout out to the golden tones of Mike Morgan for the war memorial backdrop. I've been there. Ah. My buddy used to be a coach there. Wait for you to pick uh, up on that. We've got, uh, well, you can't see because I've got the digital going with the backdrop, but I'll send you all the photos. We have been, we, we toured, my wife and I did their brand new $40 million end zone complex right after they built it, sat in Josh Allen's locker, all kinds of stuff. It was really neat. And um, went up to the press box. You, you see the whole state of Wyoming for that press box. Really cool stuff. So we, we gave them a little love on JC and Morgan today uh, with their big win over Texas Tech. And I, I read I that. Same. You I picked, picked Wyoming straight up over Texas. Over Texas. Absolutely. Last last Friday. Yes, I did. And I, what, okay. what was my reasoning, Matt Dog? I believe it was personal. It was not. had nothing to do with the uh, Texas Red Raiders. It was not personal. Don't try to pick a fight with a bunch of big dudes who carry two and three weapons at a time around, Phil. Don't do that. Okay. It was well, elevation. I, elevation. Oh, I thought I was elevation, and you were just like, well, I love Wyoming. No. <laughs> Phil, now you're just lying. Oh, okay. okay. Trying to get me killed, and now he's taking my talking point. Wyoming could end up in the Pac-12. They should. They'd, they'd win. 12. <laughs> you go visit out there, you realize real quick how much you, Laramie's a college town. It's a neat place. Yeah, they'd be good. That'd be a good place. There's a great no conference is going to disappear. I mean, have we got after zero like, and one? I mean, this is uh, what a way to what a way to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Pac 12 hadn't lost the, the, the current oh, Pac 12 wow. hadn't lost this year, but uh, I think they're going to do a reverse merger with the Mountain West. And I you'll see, too. you'll see the Nevada schools, Wyoming, Colorado State, maybe yep. Air Force, Boise State, maybe the whole league comes in. I don't know. I, I just think it's uh, a good league, and it's a fun league too. There's a there's a lot of on a smaller scale. Mike, you probably know this. You've probably been to a few of those places. JC, I know you've probably definitely been through them with recruiting. It's a this might sound bizarre, but there is a smaller or lower level SEC feel in some of these little towns. They they very much pride themselves on football in places like Laramie and Colorado State, Wyoming, uh, Boise. Well, that's uh, how I feel about the Sun Belt. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you could make the uh, the same case for the Sun Belt. If you go it's to Troy, Alabama, if if you go um, – I mean, if you go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, if you go to – gosh, I mean, we can go up and down. The, 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 the Sun Belt schools are – such prideful schools, great fan bases. Uh, football is religion to them too. It's just on a smaller scale, but that's why I, I, I really love the future of, of that league and love what they've done. I love who they've added. Um, that's a really strong league. And, you know, the mountain West, the, it, again, it's a time zone issue as much as anything else. Why people don't get a whole lot of those games. If they were on the East coast, then you'd see, much more of those those games because just like the Sun Belt, they'll they'll play whenever you want. You want to you want to we want us on Thursday at seven thirty. We're there. You want us on Wednesday at eight o'clock. We're there. Friday, you you pick it. For us, getting on national TV, we'll do it. It's worth it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the Mountain West. I have not been to every one of those places. I've been to a few, and Wyoming is one of the few states I've never been to. And wow. so I I thought that was a great story. And I read the tweet on uh, J C and Morgan, but. There's a, a a gentleman that 
I thought had a really good tweet. His name is Graham Coffey on Twitter, Graham Coffey DC. And he talked about somehow he's got some ties to Wyoming because he knows a hell of a lot about it. And he just talked about what it means to a town like that to pick up a win like that. And I thought it was very well said. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, well, they, Hey, look, they beat Missouri out there just a few years ago. And mm-hmm. if you are a, um, what I would call blue collar or consider yourself a blue collar college football program, and you've got them scheduled in Laramie in the future, might want to take a look at that uh, because it's it's not an easy place to go play if you're not used to it. And, um, and That's how you get coaches fired by scheduling those kind of games. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, hey, look, Frank Martin took game cut basketball team out there, and they got beat a few years ago. They couldn't breathe I, after 40 I, minutes. I remember, yeah. Larry Shiat, former Clemson coach, was the coach of Wyoming for a while. Yeah, they, they weren't good. But like Wyoming, basketball, yeah. you can afford to do that and still all your goals are still in place. Um, football, I mean, you just derailed Texas Tech's season. And you had a lot of people that thought they could win the Big 12 this year. And you yeah. just – people are going to forget about them now for the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. All right, all right, Mike. Um, records from last week and uh, your fat, the, the infamous – Golden Tones Fab Five Challenge. Oh, there they are. Okay, so wow. JC, JC, and JB. So JC, you know, should we take these little kids back to the woodshed this week, or what do you want? What do you want to do with them? Should we Listen, let them I in? Cautiously advise all of should you to not read too much into a Week One performance, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. Well, well no. Wait, well, now wait a second. Carolina just got beat. There, the whole season's over. We can't read too much into this, too. No, yeah, that's no, true. that's that's oh. the Twitter mentality. That's <laughs> oh, I'll fade just like I did in fantasy football last year, man. I had a pretty good <laughs> start. Man. I, I'm in Mike's league, by the way. I, I missed half the draft the other night because I was, I was wondering when, who's on auto draft. Oh, Yo, it was like my phone went da 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 da, and I was taking a nap, and so I just rolled over. I was like, oh, I know what it is. And then, then Austin I, Eckler's a good first round pick. You're going to be. I, looked and I saw Mike and text draft starts in 30 minutes. And then so then I did the whole central time, Eastern time thing. So I was like, Oh, I've got plenty of time. So I get up and I'm six picks in. So I did get Trevor Lawrence again though. So I'm you got him late. Like, I think that could actually be a steal. I think Trevor's going to yeah, lighten right. up this year. That whole, where'd you get him? In. What round did you get him in? Like six, seven. He was my first real pick. So Mike, he's the, I, I told JC the other day when he told me that about his nap, I said you're 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 the guy that everybody dreads having in their league. You're you're you don't show up for the draft. You forget to adjust your roster on game day, and then you end up beating everybody. And people are pissed. People hate you know? that. People I hate that. Hate that. I hate well, that. Well, we'll see how it. Uh, this might have affected some of our listeners because I know a lot of college fans play fantasy football. By the way, one of these days they're going to figure out a way to make fantasy football in college more friendly interactive because it, it if you don't think that that helps the bottom line for the nfl sure people you oh, know yeah. people watching games that they would care nothing about because mm-hmm. they're guy in their fantasy team it's harder to do in college football because there's so many mismatches every week and there's so many teams and so it never has caught on the way it has in the nfl but someday somebody will figure out a perfect way to do it and when they do that's only going to help the the popularity of, of the sport even more because people who wouldn't ordinarily watch will give a you know what and they they will watch that stuff. Yeah, there's no doubt. Which carries one to the NFL. All right, Mike. Um, but, but before your first of the Fab Five, 
Yeah. I want to give a quick round of applause to JC and Cam Sherbert here publicly on the air, according to a graphic just posted 20 minutes ago from our friends at Park Avenue Sports. Because of the work of Carolina Rise, Park Avenue has procured over $150,000 in commercial cash NIL deals for Carolina athletes in the last month alone. So thank you to JC and Cam for what they do in keeping and have kept that alive and um, and hopefully heading continuing to head yeah. in the right direction. Well done. If you guys man. notice, I was typing on my phone away, posted that graphic to our Instagram account. But, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and look, keep in mind, Carolina Rise members or if you're on the fence, you did this because it's your money, your membership money that funds Park Avenue. Uh, people, everything got confusing there for a while. We pay, you guys pay us memberships. We pay Park Avenue. It's 154 large in a month. Yeah. In a month, folks. Tell me, uh, t- tell me that's not a, I mean, do the math and, and that's, Tell me that's not some NIL stuff. And it's real stuff, too, real brands, like the brands you see advertised on the show uh, and be, things like Beats by Dre. You know, I mean, the, uh, uh, I don't – I probably shouldn't say this, but Charter Spectrum is one yeah. of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Hopefully that blows over, right? You know, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, the, the, folks, the folks at Park Avenue are professionals and, like, yeah. Uh, some of you probably met them at the tailgate. They're they're the best of the best. They're great people. They represent got folks like Jalen Hurts and Nick Chubb and uh, even Connor Shaw, guys like that on that level, and then do a great job with the Carolina student-athletes. And this is not just Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells. They have their share of deals, but uh, even a guy like Lenore Sellers may benefit from this. Basketball players like Michi Johnson – they benefit from this. Uh, those that are worried about it, go into my uh, other sports. Uh, there was one tennis deal they did, but mo- the vast majority of it spends basketball and football. So please spread the word. We have to grow the collective to continue this partnership because it is a chunk of change. But uh, we uh, intend to do so. Uh, and so please continue to spread the word if you want this to continue. And, and again, do the math. Do yeah. the math. Everybody's worried about NIL. Do the math on that. That's their first month of really hitting the ground running with us. Think yeah. of what they can do in time. So, sorry sorry to get off. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Joel, how about say congratulations first before you start your next negative comment? <laughs> yes, now, Joel. Uh, Joel negative comments towards the official NIL collective. Joel, Joel <laughs> is a loyal ass. Carolina Rise guy. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but can you get some D-line running backs? Yes. Just we got to spread the word. Got to get more money to do that. So. Yeah. Mike, the first of the Fab Five, what do you have this week? Oh. Ah, I've got the, the, the game of the week, with all due respect to uh, Colorado, Nebraska. I, I realize I realize uh, that for, for Fox, that's certainly going to be their, their calling card. They've got the game, and, uh, you know, Dion is, is eyeballs right now for a number of different reasons. But I'll go Alabama, Texas for game number one, Texas – is a seven-point underdog in Tuscaloosa. Who's, who's starting? I'll start. I'll, I'll, well, no. go ahead. JC, you I start. guaranteed victory on Todd 100.9 three months ago. Uh, I you, think the same, same day I started talking about Sean Lewis. Uh, <laughs> I think Texas is soft. I think until they prove they're not soft, they're soft. Uh, I told the story on the radio twice today already about man enough with Pat Dye. Back in Georgia, Georgia during 2002, went into Alabama, Rick's first big year. 
Pat Dye got on fine bomb. It's like, Georgia ain't mad enough to go in there and beat Alabama. And then Georgia won, and all of a sudden they're mad enough, right? Well, Texas, mm-hmm. if you go in there and win this one, you're mad enough. I don't think you are. I think Alabama was super impressive. I think Jalen Milroth proved he could throw the ball. Uh, I'm going with Bama not only to win but to cover comfortably. Uh, and then uh, another you know, set of – uh, it'll be another mediocre. They, they may or may not win the Big 12. Hell, yeah, I think UCF could win the Big 12, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, they they may or may not win the Big 12, but it's another 9-3, and 8-4 and four disappointment. So uh, roll tide and uh, go Bama. I'll, uh, I'll take a cover. Uh, Alabama wins the game. Quinn Ewers has to play better. I mean, I keep hearing about the NFL arm talent that he has. It doesn't always translate in the games. Uh, he's going to need to play well in this one. I'll take Texas plus the points, but Alabama wins the game. Ooh. I got Bama to cover. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, uh, you know, after that craziness at the end of the game last year, and this is at home. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I look. I. 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 I I've already told you all. Bama's going to win the national championship. And Herb Street. Herb Street heard me say, it, and then he agreed with me. So. Um, <laughs> You know, I I think that they, I think the Texas though is going to cover this week, but this will be that game that that Nick will use. You know that that ah, you see what happens. You you've been reading too much rat poison, this that and the other. But I I think Texas will cover it. I think it's a good game. I really do. All right, so I'll, I'll I'm going against the grain on that one. Everybody else has Alabama. No, I'm with you. Oh, JB's with you. with you. He's taking the points. Yeah. Oh, you Texas, are taking the point. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, misread that. Yeah. So you're taking Bama to win the national title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're taking <laughs> – okay, I got you. No, hey, he so, thinks they'll win think, by six. Here's the, <laughs> to stay on the topic of Wyoming, Texas covers. They lose by three or four, and then they get beat next week at home by Wyoming. Go Pokes. How about that? <laughs> okay. A lot of I'm Wyoming love here. That's not uh, Next game, Notre Dame in Raleigh. Seven and a half point favorite against NC State. Yeah, what? Somebody knows something. I don't know, man. I, I I'm taking the somebody. I'm taking NC State plus the points. Are you? Oh no, Dude, oh, JC's not riding that golden dome over this one. J- JC, <laughs> you, you, I know that you love Dave Doran, man. But what are you going to do here? What do you think I'm going to do? I mean, I'm not a huge Marcus Freeman guy either. But uh, no. uh, they've, Notre Dame's impressed me. Notre Dame reminds me a little bit of 2009 Alabama, and no offense to our friend Greg McElroy, but with a better quarterback, uh, talent-wise. Uh, right down to the big-time freshman receiver in Great House, just like Julio Jones was. I think they're big, they're powerful, they can run it against just about anybody in the country I'm banking on. Um I think they take NC State to the Dagum Woodshed, thirty-one-seven, something like that. I think I think Notre Dame covers. I'm not going to say a whole lot more, but I think they'll cover. So, Mike, do you think NC State wins? No, or you just think it'll be? It'll, yeah, no. Just taking they points just here. The spread. I'm yeah, just, just taking. I'm points. just taking points. I think they can make Notre Dame sweat it in the second half, and then Notre Dame uh, pulls away. So it's just okay. a it's just a gut, just a gut pick. Don't so trust JC, <laughs> JC, you and I, we both think Notre Dame will cover the seven and a half easily. Okay, Phil, I'm more confident in that than Bama. Of course, Nat's going to kill me because Nat's like superstitious. She's like a little uh, Asian leprechaun, really. 
And she's like, oh, so don't, she don't jinx us. Don't jinx us. She always, I, 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 so I was in there talking good about Notre Dame the other day with Mike. And she comes over and stay, or yesterday maybe, I don't know when it was. And she stands right there and gives me like, puts her hands on her hips with a scowl on her face. She's not here today. She's at work though. So I can say whatever the hell I want. Phil, where, we got about four minutes left. So we got a break left. So Phil, where do you where do you want to go with this? Well, we can hit it. Let's hit the break and then we'll hit our final. Three well, you got you, hey, well, you got you we three more games. Well, I you said Golden make, Dome here. I'm going Notre Dame. I'm I'm on. You got Notre Dame covered. All right, oh, All right. Yeah. let's let's pick up the pace. Iowa yeah. Iowa State. That's it. Great great underrated rivalry. Hawkeyes. Don't look now, but they they scored more than twenty points in a game last week. They're on fire. Uh Minus four against Iowa State. I'm going with the Hawk uh, Cyclones. I think Matt Campbell, it'll be a Matt Campbell renaissance. I am too. The fighting Matt Campbells, whose stock could not have been higher two years ago and now finds himself probably looking in the mirror going, why am I still in Ames? Um, and that's not a knock on Ames. Ames is a great, cool college city. But, man, that's a difficult job, and I don't know if his stock will ever be that high again, but I'm taking him here. I am too. I'm taking Iowa State. I, I agree with both of y'all. Why do they play this game every year, like the second week of the season? Why don't they play it at the end of the year? I've never understood that, but I Iowa no State. answer for that. Y'all no have way. Iowa State winning or just covering? Well, really, I'm a winning straight up. Okay. I mean, you don't, technically, you don't have to declare that, uh, Jamie. Yeah, uh, right. But it would not surprise me at all if Iowa State won the game. I mean, oh. like, look, Iowa's going to struggle. There's, I, I, I was, I was being facetious when I said that they, you know, they lit it up for twenty something. Do you have a large fan base in the state of Iowa, Mike? Because you're, you're really towing the line here. What's I, going I, on? I, I, no, I'm just telling you. I, I would not surprise me. I mean, it's a four point game for a reason. These two teams are pretty evenly matched, right? Like, you know, it would wouldn't surprise me if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet, Eddie, but. <laughs> She's born without a tongue, Clark, but don't you worry. She whistles like a bird and eats like a horse. Uh, all right. Did you pick, Phil? I'm Cyclones. I mean, you know, there's there's okay. only one offensive we're coordinator I dislike. Wow, we're all going Iowa parents. State. Iowa all right. State. All right. Game Ole four. Miss. Ole Miss, seven-point favorite against Tulane. Ole Miss covers. JC? Green Wave. Green Wave covers. It's going to be a, a field goal game at the – I mean – it's kind of crazy. I do think Ole Miss could win by like seven to maybe a push, but I think it's going to be right down to the wire. That's This is a really good two-lane team, uh, a really good Ole Miss team as well, but don't be fooled by the big score against Mercer. It's going to be a dogfight down in Nolens. Phil? Yeah, I'm taking the points with the wave here. I'm going to go Ole Miss to cover. Uh, Tulane was a terrific story last year. Love the coach. Love a lot of things going on in New Orleans right now for a program that – you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was like they had to have a bake sale just to save their football program. But um, I still think Ole Miss has too much firepower, so I'll take the Rebels. And finally, you know, for the last one, I always do something specific to the, uh, the Gamecock game, a prop bet, if you will. So last week, my, my key stat on the game was tackles for loss. The Tar Heels had 16, and the Gamecocks mustered one. Tackles for loss for that Gamecock defense against Furman over under five and a half. I'm over. I think they. I think they will uh, not by a lot, but I think. Um, I think South Carolina will will cover that. I'm under. They got a lot to prove to me, so I'm not going to speak uh, 
maybe I'm kind of like the reverse don't jinx it. I'm not going to speak highly of them until they deserve to be spoken highly of. I don't know. That over. You're yeah, going over, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, regression to the mean statistically. <laughs> JC, I don't know that we're speaking highly of them with five and a half against uh, Furman, but I definitely understand what well, you're Furman saying. Well, Furman doesn't I, throw it a ton, right? No, yeah, that's my thing is they keep running right. the ball. I think you're going to catch so, them a few times behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I mean, so I don't think sacks are going to be a big factor. So, yeah, do they knife in and get a lot of uh, tackles for loss on running backs? I'll go under. I, you know, I'll, I'll give Furman a little credit there. I'm sure Carolina will clean some things up, certainly play better on the line. But uh, five and a half, you know, I'll, I'll go under on that for the uh, for the prop. We'll All find right. out next week. JC looking to go to 10 and 0. I'm looking to go to 9 and 1 and uh, Mike and Phil are looking to uh, just um you know put themselves out of contention. <laughs> respectability. respectability. It's all about respectability. Yeah. Oh, you just never know. 1251 final time out here on Inside the Game the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign part...
as I'd like to bring what has happened today. There's just been a lot of unexplained crap going on today. <laughs> I would take full credit for or responsibility for, but I can't. <laughs> I can't. Well, it's all right. It's, it's like Chris Phillips says, it's the must champ ghost. I think we're getting close to Georgia, Carolina week. So <laughs> he's, he's sticking his face in the fan and liking it and uh, got his, uh, his uh, spirit going through our, our wires here. You know? yeah, he's, he's interrupting our program. Well, I got it. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll like Will Muschamp. I can't irritate me. I've I've got a couple of uh, I got a couple of uh, couple of nuggets to end the, the the program with. One is the comment that was made last night by Coach Sweeney to the media. His offense scored seven points Monday night, guys against Duke, and it was, quote, if we do what we did offensively for the rest of the year, we won't lose another game. It's just that simple. Well, I actually think they'll lose every game if they do (laughs) what they did offensively on Monday night. That's number one. And then number two, I saw the interview, um, and I don't know who performed it. I guess, I don't know if it was Mike Gillespie with ABC Columbia, but asking Freddie Kitchens about, did he help prep his players for uh, the Carolina game? Uh, came on Rucker, the defensive lineman for the Heels, said that the D-line obviously could tell when Carolina was about to go into pass. Who cares? He's the coach at North Carolina. His job is to help his players get ready to play, regardless whether he coaches South Carolina yeah. last year or not. And the thing is, so what? Coaches, coaches break down a ton of film and look at tendencies – regardless of whether or not they used to be there or not. So, right. I mean, if it was something that glaring, it, it could have been picked up on film. And quite frankly, I don't think that's why the game went the way it went. <laughs> no, Go but even if, even if wait, he wait, did. Wait, Jason, I can tell JC's fired up about something. No, I hear this a lot. Like a team dominates line of scrimmage on defense. Uh, I, I've heard South Carolina players say it after, like, gosh, some of those Clemson games back in the day. Uh, even even some other games where they've stopped them. Uh, I've heard players from all over talk about, well, we knew what was coming. Very rarely did they really know what was coming. Uh, there are tip-offs, there are tendencies. That's called coaching and scouting. Yeah. But I think it gets totally overblown because it just causes a massive, massive meltdown with the opposing fan base and really some unnecessary over-the-top criticism and focus on stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. Uh, when it comes to your coordinators, that's just my my take. Yeah, it did, it didn't take a rocket scientist to kind of you're figure right. out what <laughs> when you're down multiple scores late in the game, you're going to throw the hell out of the ball, and you can't run worth a lick. So everybody right. in the stadium and everybody watching on TV knew pass play, right? I yep. mean, you, yep. you didn't need to like have some inside information or scoop on that to <laughs> to, to know that. Hey, Freddie, you think they'll throw it here? They're down 17 with four minutes left. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> like, the, the, the game dictated the play calling. The play calling was predictable because of the score in the situation, like it, like it often becomes. You mentioned the Dabo comment. I don't know which one uh, came across more hollow with the, their own fan base, that or Brian Kelly at LSU, who on his coach's show said in clear English – we're going to beat Florida State. 
Mm. And I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember. We're going to beat the heck out of them or we're going to, you know, whatever. And then after the game, somebody asked him about it. And he said, well, I don't, I didn't say that. That's not the way I talk. I don't, I don't disrespect opponents. Can I just say something about that? Um, <laughs> that was said on a coach's show at a sports bar, probably someplace like walk-ons. If you've been to Baton Rouge, that's like one of the main ones. Um, <clears throat> I, as someone who hosted coaches shows on radio and TV for several years, nothing overwhelming ever comes out of any of them. They are in a lot of ways, a colossal waste of time. Coaches don't want to do them, but they're paid handsomely to do them. So everybody has one. Uh, and coaches, still kind of get a little comfortable thinking, well, the only people that are listening are, are my, my fan base. So what difference does it make if I say, but really who cares? What is yeah. he supposed to say? I'm going to go into my locker room and tell him that we'd be fortunate to win this game. That, that, that is such a nothing burger to get all bet. And I, there are national media members going out of their way to pile on Brian Kelly, much like they did a year ago. Because he had the nerve on a coach's show listened to by like a couple of thousand LSU fans on a Thursday night that he, he predicted they were going to win. So what? So that happens all the time. Happens all the time in locker rooms and what? I mean, we've gotten to the point now we are become so sensitive about everything that we're looking for something that's just not there. And that is, again, that is a big, big Nothing burger. You want to criticize Brian Kelly about the play calling and goal line in the first half? Absolutely. It was atrocious. You want to second guess him about not making adjustments to a wide receiver that clearly was dominating the game and Keon Coleman? Absolutely. You want to sit there and get hell bent over, well, he he should have never said we were going to win the game on his coach's show. That that's just stupid talk. Dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's all I mean, what's he's, is the reason that they lost. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. What's he's what's he supposed to say? Yeah, well, Mike, you know, we, we'll be lucky yeah, to well, be in the game at the end of it. Yeah, right. And, and like Mike Norvell's in there with a little mini disc player, or he's playing it off his iPhone. Like, this is what they think of us. Brian Kelly said on his coach's show the following: I think we're going to beat Florida State. Oh my goodness! Now I'm fired up. It's just, I'm <laughs> yeah, they 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 believe they can. They believe they're going to beat us. Yeah, how you disrespectful! Want to, you, want your, you want your coaching staff and players to think they're going to lose when they so, take the so, field so, every week. And, <laughs> and while we're on the subject, and I know we're running out of time, let me give you a third coaching. And I, I look, I know the the love fest, the slurping of Dion. God bless it. I've said all along. I think I think it's a great thing for college football because it's it's almost like an experiment. It's like a last chance you type reality show, and I'm all for it. It it it's that that part's cool. But Dion then, after he did you know his his own personal victory lap after the game, is going after Ed Werder at the press conference and saying, "I got receipts." And I, the only problem is Ed Werder never said anything disrespectful about Dion or Colorado. He doesn't cover college football. He sent one tweet out which wasn't the least bit disrespectful. So if you need to constantly build up the "woe is me," I'm not getting any respect. If you need to try and fire up your team that way, then then do so. But like. That was another big nothing burger. Ed Ed Werder went on Dan Patrick's show yesterday and, and pointed out, like, I've never said a negative thing about Dion or Colorado football in my life. But he just decided to 
it was basically use it was Edwarder was a prop, and coaches yeah. do this sometimes. They'll use a media member as a prop to really get a message across that they want to get across. And of course, naturally, so many in the profession just ate it up as if this was actually a thing, and it was not a thing. The fact of the matter is, the overwhelming majority of media members have been on the Dion bandwagon since the moment he got the job. Right. I mean, I don't think you could have much more positive coverage than what they've enjoyed since he took over the position. And once they won that game, holy smokes, it's parade time. It's go ahead and, to use the old Dennis Green axiom, you want to crown them? Crown them! <laughs> <laughs> and they crowned them. The Bears are who we thought they were. I mean, who we thought they were. The Buffaloes are who we thought they were. Want to crown them? Yeah. Crown them. We let them off the hook. Playoffs. That is great. We're going to pick that game tomorrow. Who He's also? Co- Denny Green also coaches Stanford. How awesome right. they are. Dennis Green was pretty good at Stanford. A lot of big names. Probably should have stayed Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh coached at Stanford. I remember Steve Mariucci coached at Cal for one year. One year, and he got the 49ers job, and people hated on him because a lot of people wanted Sherm Lewis to get the job, and Mariucci went like 12-1 and his first 13 games yeah. to start things off. Now he's Then he went to the Lions. Now he's on the NFL Network. Speaking of the Lions. Under Armour game a couple years ago. I, I met him. Yeah. Really? He's in Mariucci. And Sam White and the late great Sam White and Deion Sanders. You live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. Right. Speaking of the Lions, can they pull the upset tonight? The lifter for the twenty three NFL season. They're supposed to be really good this year. I hope they are. Hope they are. I'll give you the fantasy answer. I don't care so long as Jameer Gibbs blows up tonight. (laughs) I need I, I need Travis. I need Travis Kelsey to uh, go see my man, Dr. Hatrack in Atlanta and get that knee scoped or whatever he needs to get done. Be healthy. Put up a lot of points because you're the best tight end in football. You're tough. It means a lot. This is a week one game. You can't overlook it. I expect you to give 100% tonight. Uh, KC's four and a half. It's hard to go against Pat Mahomes, man. But I'm with you. I'm going with the Lions. The Lions win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. They won't even make the playoffs. Right there. No, but there's, you know, my whole dad's side of the family. Everybody grew up two and 300 years ago in Mount Pleasant. My mom's side of the family grew up right outside of Detroit. And every Thanksgiving, they were at Lions games. So, I didn't know Jamie Bradford had some Yankee blood in him. Man. I, yeah. That's what I tell my mom. I tell her she's a Yankee. She says D- Detroit, Michigan, they're not Yankees. So. No. Now my wife, she's from Delaware. That's Yankee. How long can this guy whistle as we as we get out of the show? Does he ever get tired? No, no. no. We got this guy in retainer. He's he's got it down. He's as solid as the boss, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's amazing. He just keeps on going. This cat is incredible. He, he he works on it in the shower. He's he's very good. I like very it. Good. All right, thanks to, uh, I don't even know who you had today, Chris, Perry, and, of course, (laughs) our dear friend Mike Morgan, and thanks to Brian Spencer and (coughs) Medicare for presenting this supposed power hour. That's Red. I think Red's got to go to the bathroom. Red. Red. All right, buddy. You're good. Go let him out. Hims has to poo-poo. Hims has to (laughs) poo-poo. Poor dog. Oh, God. 
And thanks to Phil. Uh, that's a sign-off right there. <laughs> yeah, we are Keyboard sir. clicking, dog barking. I'm out. JC I'm just fine. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even drop out. I mean, he just literally just walked off. <laughs> it is well, National Beer Lover's know. Day. Enjoy. Oh, it I didn't know a... that. What's your yeah, beer choice? Know. Quickly, guys. I, beer choice. I can't chicken overtime cock. today either, guys. It's chicken cock. It's chicken beer? Cock. Yes, man. Beer I'm not a big beer drinker, so I'm going with chicken cock. You're not a I'll enjoy National drink. Beer Lover's Day with chicken cock bourbon. JC, beer of choice. Miller Lite. Phil, I'm a Modelo man. Yeah, Modelo man. Modelo <laughs> and y'all. Negro Modelo. Yep. yep. JC knows oh, yeah. Negro Modelo is yeah. that's always in the fridge. Yeah. I, I was trying to think. I was like, Mike should know my favorite, but I can't remember like when I was his neighbor. Like all the different cans I had piled up on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> JC did not get cheated when it was uh, a drinking yeah. night. JC did not get. It was never like one or two. There'd just be uh, empty cans uh, all over. <laughs> Yeah, I got my worth. I got go my- big or go home. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> it's time to have a beer.